This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For Inside Carolina, I'm Taylor Vipolis, and this is the newest podcast to the Inside Carolina lineup up in the rafters where 2017 ACC Player of the Year and National Champion Justin Jackson and myself will be talking about all things Carolina basketball. Before we get started, though, I just wanted to say thank you for being here. Be sure you subscribe to Inside Carolina wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube so you never miss out on any of the content the team at IC puts out. The support doesn't go unnoticed on this end. Speaking of support, we want to support the people that support us. So that's why I've got to mention our friends over at Johnny T-Shirt. When it comes to Carolina apparel, they have everything that the Carolina fan could possibly want. They have the T-shirts, the jerseys, the hats, you name it. They probably have it. It's great people, great customer service since it's locally owned and operated by alumni. The holidays are fastly approaching. Get the Carolina fan in your life, something that they're really going to want, and that's going to be Carolina gear. And don't forget, Inside Carolina premium subscribers get 10% off their orders. All right, getting back to it. Back for another year, rebranded with a, a much better name and logo. It's up in the rafters. I'm Taylor Vipolis, joined by the legend, my guy, Justin Jackson. Justin, it's been a busy year since the last time we talked on a podcast for you. Roy Williams retires. Hubert Davis becomes the new head coach. You win an NBA championship with the Bucks, And this week, got to give you the round of applause. You become a dad. That's where I want to start today. What, what's it been like, fatherhood, entering this week? Man, it's been good. Uh, let's see. This is, what, day three? Um, first day at home or first night at home, I guess, last night. Uh, it's unbelievable, bro. Honestly, you know, all the lost sleep and, you know, baby crying, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's all so worth it, bro. So I can't, I can't complain at all. We're all just kind of in shock right now that we've got a little human that uh, lays in our arms. So it's been cool. Is there anything that could mentally prepare you for the first diaper change or you kind of just go into that? Man, I don't think there really is, bro. You know, I, I think, for me, I try to keep the mindset and it was the same way, like during the birth, like I just try to keep the mindset about how amazing it is that like, she's here. You know, if you go into all of that stuff is like, ill, like, you know, that's gross, you know, all that kind of stuff, then it's going to be awful. But if you go into it, like just staying in the moment and enjoying it, then it's not as bad. But yeah, that first diaper change was I had to kind of take a seat afterwards and take a deep breath. Like, whoa, that was, that was something. <laughs> Brooke, your wife played basketball at the university of Florida. She's listed at six foot two on their roster. <laughs> Everybody knows your accolades as a six, eight national championship winning wing at Carolina. Is there any pressure early on to, to get her started <laughs> in hoops? There's no pressure, man. It's funny. We took a, uh, we took a video cause it's, it's my man, it's my man Kenny's uh, 
birthday today. So shout out to Kenny. Um, but we took a video uh, basically saying happy birthday. And when we flipped it over to her, she had like her arms in the air, but she had her hand like in a follow through type, oh, type she's motion. <laughs> and uh, we were dying laughing. We we're like, dang, she's already getting started. But, you know, we'll see. She's got some big hands and feet. So uh, we'll see if basketball is in the cards for her. <laughs> I'm sure people love love the parent talk and We'll have to figure out ways to get it in, involved more in the podcast, but why people are here, they're here to hear you talk about Carolina basketball. What was your reaction when you heard that Coach Williams was retiring and then when you found out that Hubert Davis would be the guy kind of taking over? Yeah, I mean, the, the initial reaction with Coach uh, Williams retiring, it, we, I think most people thought it was a joke, man. I mean, it was on April Fool's Day. I woke up and uh, – I woke up to an email or I guess it was a text message first. Um, and I had talked to a few guys, uh, a few of the guys that were teammates with me back when we were back in school. And uh, they were like, yo, did you see coach said that he's done? Like he's, you know, he's, he's calling it quits, you know, retiring. And I was like, there's no shot. Like, there's no way. Like it's, it's gotta be a joke, but like everybody that knows coaches, like he could care less about an April fool's joke, you know, like that's, that's like not coach. He's not going to go out of his way to do that, especially not some of that magnitude. So then all of a sudden we all got, you know, all the former players and stuff got the email saying like coaches, you know, coaches, uh, you know, retiring. He's, you know, he's doing the whole press conference today, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, dang, you know, but now kind of seeing him watching him get, you know, him go to games and stuff like that, man. I'm happy that he's able to enjoy this time, you know, to kind of, I mean, he put in a lot of his life into coaching and into North Carolina basketball. And so now that he just gets to enjoy watching it and then, you know, also watching, you know, a former coach, former player that he coached, all that kind of stuff with coach Davis. Like, I mean, that's, you know, I feel like that's kind of, that's dope for him. Um, and then now seeing coach Davis, you know, I love coach Davis. He's one of my, you know, he was one of my closest coaches when I was there. I'm still, you know, I still talk to him every once in a while and to see him now on the sidelines and you can just tell he loves it, you know, and I think that's that's kind of the dopest thing to see is that he took over a role that's hard to replace, um, but he's just out there enjoying every moment of it. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool to see him out there. You can expect some growing pains for a first-time head coach, but I think the one consistent for this team, at least, is that they're going to play hard and leave it all out there because of Coach Davis and what he's demanding of them and the standard that he's kind of setting in Chapel Hill. I was at a open practice for the media, and I'm, I'm not going to mention what player said they were tired or what player was kind of having a rough practice, but Coach Davis kind of asked them like what was going on, and the player was like, you know, I'm tired. I just made a mistake, and Coach Davis, he, he looked at the player and like stopped practice and he was like, you know, I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of not going to the final four. I'm tired of not winning national championships. I'm tired, too. And it was a it was like almost a chills type of moment because you felt the emotion coming from Coach Davis. Obviously, everybody has different things that they play for individually. But is there more motivation there when you have a coach who is as emotional as Coach Davis to where you have that sense of not wanting to let him down? For sure. And I think, too, you know, and because I, I know there's going to be a lot of, 
you know, Coach Williams supporters out there that kind of take it as, well, dang, are you saying that Coach Williams didn't, you know, have his players go hard for him? Like, Coach Williams obviously is, in my opinion, the, the greatest coach of all time. So um, he had his ways of getting his players to, you know, do what they needed to do to have success individually and as a team. Um, but it's just cool to see Coach Davis. Coach Davis's approach, um, you know, it, it just seems, like you said, it seems like the players just are so much more connected with Coach Davis, you know, as far as, like, you know, the confidence being put in, instilled in him and, you know, the way that he coached is there's a lot of times you look over on the sideline and he's, you know, after a mistake or something, Coach Davis is clapping and like encouraging the guys, you know, and not saying that Coach Williams never did that. Um, but it's cool to see this new group, of, this new team and kind of seeing how Coach Davis has handled them um, in that way. So I think anytime a coach can get players to really trust them and buy into what they're doing, I think the players go even harder for them. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing even in the early start of the season. Through practices, the exhibition games, and the first few games, Coach Davis has made it clear that he wants to play a more modern style of basketball with things as simple as, you know, icing ball screens to just better spacing overall where there isn't two traditional bigs in the post like what we've kind of expected with Carolina basketball. You've played in multiple systems across multiple levels. What have you seen from this UNC team regarding the style of how they want to play and how it could benefit certain players? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's weird to see it because you're so used to seeing secondary break, you know, two bigs in there. We're freaking leading the country in offensive rebound and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's it's one of those things where it's, you know, you see guys like Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, um, even a guy like Brady who's a pick and pop four. You know, you see guys like that playing in this system of pick and roll, dribble handoffs, like all of these type of, you know, motion movements and things like that. And it's so much more space, you know, I, I kind of look at it and I'm like, you know, it's, it's kind of like a college version of like pro sets, honestly, like all the side pick and rolls and middle pick and rolls and um, the different like drag ball screens to pin downs, like all that stuff. And it's perfect for the type of team that they have. You know, I think a lot of times, with guys like a Caleb Love who come in as a freshman and maybe in, in fans' minds don't – he doesn't have the kind of freshman year that he has. Honestly, for some guys, it's just a matter of the system that they're playing in. And the system that Coach Davis has kind of put in, I think has allowed guys like him and all the other guys that I mentioned just to flourish. Um, and so it's, it's pretty cool to see. I'm glad you mentioned Caleb Love because – the biggest X factor for this team to kind of reach their full potential, in my opinion, at least is, is Caleb Love. Last year, he was a pretty inefficient shooter from the field, 31%, 26% from three. It's a small sample size, but to open the year through three games, he's averaging 19 points per game on 44% from the field and 33% from the three. And I think every Tar Heel fan in the country right now would sign up for this Caleb Love for, for the entire year. What have you seen from his performances to where he has looked a lot more like the McDonald's All-American coming out of high school? I think it's a combination of a few different things, man. I mean, you, you get a year under your belt in college. Um, 
the next year, it just, the game feels different. You know, it's hard to explain if, if, if fans have never played basketball before, especially at that high of a level, but the game starts to kind of slow down for you. You start to see things a little bit clearer. Um, and I think too, like we said, you know, before the system that coach Davis has for him has so much more room and so much more space. And the kind of player he is, is when he has space, he's tough to keep in front. Like he's tough to, to stop if he's going downhill with a bunch of room to, to make moves. Um, so I think that's one thing, but two, I think he just, he seems more mature out there, you know, even like their last game against Charleston, you know, I think the first half he had like four points, you know, he wasn't, wasn't able to really get it going. Um, and I think last year you would have seen him really pressing and really trying to get things going. But then in the second half, he came out, started making a few plays and then he kind of got it rolling and just kind of kept it going. And I think, seeing that maturity level, I think from him is huge for that team, you know, because then, you know, you know, from the point you've got somebody that's going to be able to, you know, control the tempo, be able to control what's going on on the court with all the guys and kind of get them where they need to go. So I think he's doing an unbelievable job and I think he'll just get better and better as the season goes on. Yeah. The other person who it seems like the, the spacing has helped out a ton is Armando Baycott down low. He's the first Tar Heel ever to have 20 points and 10 rebounds while shooting 80% from the floor in consecutive games, which sounds kind of crazy when you think of how many great players Carolina basketball has. Anytime you could be the first Tar Heel to do something, you're, it's obviously <laughs> quite the accomplishment. The, the Heels are outscoring their opponents by 31.9 points per, per 100 possessions with Baycott on the floor. With Baycott on the bench, UNC has been outscored by 16.3 points per 100. How big is it for this Tar Heel team to get this consistent of an Armando Baycott going forward? It's huge, man. And once again, it, you know, it goes back to how much space there is on the floor. You know, it's tough when you have two low post bigs on the floor, you know, no matter what system you're in. When you have two low post bigs on the floor at all times, there's not as much room. Anytime a guy makes a drop step, there's another big, you know, defender there. Or if they face up and try to do something, there's guys all in the paint. And I think, especially watching the game against Charleston, even when they would come and try to double him, he had so much room to pivot and try to make different moves. Um, and I think one thing when, when you talk about the 20 and 10 and 80%, one thing that's like, I think I love about what he's doing is He's not trying to, even if he can stretch the floor, he's not trying to step out, shoot jump shots. He's not trying to, you know, be a stretch five. You know, he knows he can dominate down low and he's going down there and he's doing that. And I think when you see a guy like Caleb Love run the point the way he's doing, and then you see a big man like Armando just dominating the paint, um, you know, that's a recipe to really have some success as the season goes on. Yeah, the scoring for Carolina has not been a problem. When you have Caleb Love averaging 19 points per game, Armando Baycott being as efficient as he is, Brady Manick, uh, R.J. Davis, Garcia, you have a ton of options. Uh, one I didn't even mention, Kerwin Walton, from uh, Coach Davis's press conference on Thursday, he mentioned that the coaching staff has been stressing to Walton to be more aggressive on the offensive side of the ball and that – Davis was calling plays specifically for him in the second half against Charleston. 
what does that do for a player's confidence to know the offense is running through or for them to try to help them get more in the flow of the offense and try to be more aggressive? Uh, I mean, it just fills you up with even more confidence, honestly. Um, you know, when you're just running up and down the court and you randomly get a, get a shot every once in a while, it's tough to get in a rhythm. It's tough to really get your mind into like, uh, okay, next ball that comes, this is going in. Um, but when you have, you know, once again, it goes back to coach instilling confidence in whatever ways that might be in his guys. When you have a coach running different plays for you to try to get you going and a coach telling you that you need to shoot more and be more aggressive as opposed to like, hey, let's go and tone it back a bit. All it does is fills you up with more confidence, you know? And, and so I think with, with Kerwin, obviously everybody can kind of tell Kerwin's kind of to himself, doesn't really, you know, he's not an out there type guy. Um, but I think the more that the season goes on and he's able to, you know, kind of take that confidence and put it into like aggressiveness type deal. Um, you know, I think for him, he's going to see a lot of, a lot of success because there's so much space with Armando down low and Caleb, um, doing his thing and it's going to help the team so much more to have kind of that you know that third you know we'll call him you know a sharp shooter that kind of can space the floor even more yeah well in through three games again it's a small sample size but he's shooting 53 percent from three he's always going to be a player that can shoot the cover off the ball where his where his liability I guess on the floor comes is on the defensive side of the ball and that's not just a a Walton problem it's kind of been a consistent problem for this Carolina team this year where their offensive efficiency rating according to Ken Palm is 17th in the country defensively the Tar Heels are 111th so it's quite a drastic uh, turnaround from offense to defense where even coach Davis has said I'm not worried about you know, if we're going to be able to score the ball enough, like we have a ton of offensive players where this team is going to get in trouble is do they have enough stops in them? What have you seen and what's been happening on that end of the floor that has led to the defensive struggles? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think they have the perfect makeup of a team to be a great defensive team as well. You know, like obviously you've got big Mondo down low, um, you've got Caleb, an athletic, long point guard who can really pressure guys out front. Then you've got guys like Leaky, who's long, athletic as well, that can cause some issues. Um, and so it's a matter of getting everybody to kind of buy into that. You know, if, if Brady can buy into it, if RJ can buy into it, if all of them can buy into it, I think one thing that I've learned kind of throughout my, throughout my career is like defense sometimes is the best offense, you know? So, with guys like that that are athletic, that can get in passing lanes, cause disruptions, if this team can get out even more in transition, like it's going to make it even better. Then they don't have to sit there in half court um, and try to go against a set defense all the time. So I think it's fine. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an early, early sample size. Um, obviously, 100 and – what did you say, 111th? 111th, um, yeah. That's not a great start. Um, but I think they'll be fine. I think once guys kind of, you know, get a little more comfortable together and they get a little more chemistry on both ends of the floor, um, especially on defense, then I think you'll start seeing those numbers kind of change. Yeah, and going forward so far this season, we've seen very little of guys like Anthony Harris, Justin McCoy, and the two freshmen, DeMarco Dunn and Dontrez Styles. It's been a tighter rotation than in years past. 
Would you expect to see that change as the season goes on? Because I feel like it's normally the opposite, where if anything, the rotation kind of gets tighter heading into conference play. But right now it seems like Coach Davis is rolling with, you know, seven, maybe eight guys. Yeah, I I mean, I wish I kind of was able to see how practices and stuff go. Um, Honestly, if I had to guess right now, that's just who Coach feels comfortable enough putting out there on the floor for that much. Um, I think honestly for them to have a lot of success, I think there needs to be maybe one, maybe two more guys that kind of come into the fold to be some contributors. Um, I think you saw it last game, like McCoy played a little bit more. Um, and I think, you know, hopefully they can kind of get something, but I mean, to be honest, those seven, eight guys that are playing right now, I mean, they look like they can kind of carry the load. You know, I think one thing that you're seeing is Brady is, you know, an older, older guy. Um, Armando's had, what, two years um, under his belt already. Uh, Leakey's is still a senior. Um, So you're kind of seeing some of the guys that are playing are kind of upperclassmen, guys that have been in the system at least one year. And I think that's that that must be what Coach Davis feels comfortable putting out there. But I think you'll see him kind of try out a few people um, to kind of get maybe one or two more guys to be a part of that rotation, hopefully before like ACC play starts. Yeah. Carolina so far they've played Loyola, Maryland, Brown, and then the college of Charleston on Saturday, they're about to see a huge uptick in, in town across from them when they're going up against number six, Purdue. Is there anything you could do mentally as a player to kind of get ready for that level of increase in competition or is it something where you kind of just have to get in the game and kind of let the game kind of come to you then yeah I mean it's it's the good thing for them is like I said they've got guys that have been there at least one year you know so they've had even though the season didn't go great last year they've had bigger games before you know Um, it's funny for me like as a freshman, my first away game or first big game was against Kentucky. And that was the year that they had like, you know, the platoon system. And so going with that, being like a freshman in, in college, there's nothing that can prepare you for like a big game like that. There's nothing. Like, I mean, I think my first shot ricocheted off the backboard harder than any shot that I've ever shot. Um, but thankfully for this team, they've got some guys who have been in some big games. So, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of emotion, a lot of adrenaline, all that kind of stuff with those kind of games. But I think once they settle into it, they should they should be just fine. UNC playing tomorrow against number six, Purdue, and then another game against a, a nationally ranked team. It could be two top 10 teams this weekend. Carolina is playing against either against Villanova or Tennessee, depending on wins and losses. Justin and myself will be back next week to break it all down. Always appreciate the time, Justin. Always, bro. Always fun. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 